oh, man, I don't know if I can do any more today. I might just have to. I think I just dumped it all out there. No, seriously. Uh, we get a lot of boxes at the house. Does anybody have a lot of prime deliveries from Amazon? <laughs> Nolani's been there. She says, not as many as your inventory supply of hundreds of boxes. So, so you know, the trash mans have had to change their uh, attitude on trash, right? Because now it's less bags and it's more just cardboard. One time when we first moved in our house, I had so much cardboard. I was so rude about this because I just thought, well, he'll take it. I was seeing how far he would take it before he finally complained at the city. I had trash piled up from like here to here in a line. Like a, like a cardboard box trash train. And finally, I saw him getting out taking pictures of my trash. I said, uh-oh, I think I put too much out this time. But that's back before Amazon was a thing. And now the cardboard is the thing. And so with the church and everything, we've got, I mean, it's like a warehouse. We've got stuff coming, stuff going back, didn't work out, returning. we got cardboard. We're using boxes. we got it down. We're printing labels. We're using bags. We're doing all this stuff. But with the cardboard, everything that we get, I always have to break it down with a blade. And cut it down because I used to just try to like crunch it and it wouldn't break. And um, now I'm more patient in my old age and I cut, cut it, fold it nice, lean it up against the trash can. If I'm really patient about this, I'll cut it up so it actually fits in the trash can and the trash man doesn't even know there's cardboard in it. That's how nice a job I'll do. But I get kind of impatient sometimes with waiting on things. And so sometimes after a while, you, you know, your blade gets dull and you're tired of cutting and you're trying to do it. Like, in fact, one time I was, so, I was so aggressive with my blade that was dull, I sliced through this finger halfway and it was talking to me. And Michelle can remember the, the Pac-Man finger and all that because I was going too hard because I just wanted to break through the box and get it over with. So sometimes I get those boxes now, and it's kind of like cutting the grass. You just want to get it over with. I'm just going to break through it. I'm tired of being patient with this. I know I should be patient as a Christian and everything God has for me, but sometimes I need to seek God like I just want to break through now. I'm tired of waiting. And God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wrestle you like Jacob until you give me this breakthrough at dawn, okay? That's what God, the God, God will do it if you want it bad enough. So sometimes we got to quit looking for the box cutter and say, well, I'll get to it tomorrow and I'll just stack it up 10 boxes in my garage and I can't get out and my kids' bikes are in the way. And I'm just going to break through now. I'm going to break through the boxes now. Now, I'm not saying they go in the trash is good and they're kind of a mess, but sometimes I just want to ninja chop through and just rip it and just break it through right on the spot. And so that can feel familiar in your spiritual journey. It feels like the greatest hurdle to perseverance today is doubt. Doubt that we've let determine a conclusion for us that God never confirmed himself. We have taken something God promised and concluded the end from the beginning, and God said, I didn't confirm it that way. That's you doing that. You, you use too much Google on that, says the Lord, and that's not what I said. So now doubt has crushed perseverance, and we've let the thoughts of others including the enemy, which is the devil. Can we say the D word in here? The devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever, the bad, the bad one, the fallen angel. We've let the world and the devil determine our willingness to push forward because we've lost our ability to remember God's ways are not man's ways. Every time I think it's going to go a certain way, it doesn't. And when I don't think it will, it does. Because God's ways are not 
man's ways. I always say it. We know he will. We have to quit trying to, to trying to um, intellectualize. Is that a word? Probably not. How he's going to do it. Because when we start crippling ourselves with how he's going to do it, and he doesn't do it that way next time, then all of a sudden you say God's not there. And that's not how God works. And so now what we had is perseverance to overcome and go after the things of God. Now we've said, it's, not, it's just not in my cards. I'm going to doubt today for something God never even confirmed. What if the greatest breakthroughs in my life were in those seasons where I least expected it to see fruit from? What if God uses where I feel defeated to actually lift me up for a change and do something good and bring me into a new dimension of faith I didn't know I was capable of receiving? I gotta slow down here. I'm, I'm way too strong on this intro. I'm fired up. Today, everybody, I just I can't do it. I can't, it's my Italian. I can't, I can't do it. Our ability, though, this is why it's important what I want you to do with this. Our ability to work through and move forward in these seasons of brokenness, doubt, lack of motivation, our ability to plow through them anyway, is the reminder Paul gives us to never lose hope. Never lose hope, the passage said. God has provided a hope that can only come from him and be sustained by him. It's in him we put all our hope. Everybody say, all our hope is in God. I don't walk based on what I see. I walk through the fire based on the promise that God said, he is there with me all along, and there is glory on the other side of this brokenness that I'm feeling just because I feel it, you know your feelings lie to you. Has anyone ever been lied to by their feelings? Oh, man. Like, like you think it's one thing, but your feelings said one thing, but then your brain said, that's not right. That's not right. If I work hard enough, I can make my feelings say anything I want. That doesn't mean it's of God, and usually it's not. If I have to talk my feelings into something, that's usually not how God works, because God works on the heart, and it has to come from God to be Real, real hope. Real hope lives in the unknown, not which is seen, Paul says. Brokenness can't steal God's promises when we have real hope. My subject this morning is breaking through brokenness. I'm breaking through it. I'm done with the box cutter. I'm breaking through it today. I'm, if I got to stomp through it, if I got to hit through it, whatever I got to do to break through it, I'm going through it. I'm done holding on to it. It feels like punishment, doesn't it, when, you, when you're in that season? Has anybody ever been in a season where they feel like God's punishing them? And you say, am I being punished? I mean, I, I give, I pray, I show up, I do all the things, I sweat, I bleed for you, Lord. Am I being punished? Has anybody ever felt that? Man, that's the devil's lie. That's what the devil wants you to say. Am I being punished? That's what he wants you to say. But I get it because it's so easy to perceive any type of pain as punishment. You know, the greatest blessings come from pain like children. No travail, no birth. And if you want the blessing, you got to go through it. Jesus went to the cross so he could get to the tomb. We preached that on Easter because in order to get to the tomb and get to the resurrection, he had to go through 
the cross. And there was no other route that day that Google could find on the map to detour him to the tomb because there was only one road. And that was through the hill, up the hill with the cross, and down the hill with the cross, and then into the tomb. Why would God do this to me? The worst thing is to see someone with so much potential succumb to brokenness. If I said, how many of y'all know Earl Simmons, how many would raise their hand? Nobody. If I said, how many know DMX, how many would raise their hand? A few people. Earl DMX Simmons, he was a rapper in the, um, I'm not saying he was a Christian rapper. He was a rapper uh, that had some good music, and he had some not so good music I probably shouldn't talk about, but he had some good music too. And Earl, in his early day, was top of the mountain, living the dream, on top of the, the lifestyle that his goal brought him. I'm not saying it was a godly thing or good for him, but at the time, at least he was positive. Well, he fell into a series of brokenness as he got older. And we lost DMX this week. We lost him uh, at a young age because of brokenness. I don't need to go and ask his family why because I already know when, he, when, he, when it happens that way, that's brokenness that causes that. That's brokenness. And, and here's the sad part. And can I be real with y'all? Or am I, is it not pastor enough to tell you that one of the worst seasons of my life, guess what I was listening to? Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo. And I'm a little, a little white guy in Chesterfield driving around my 240SX, and I'm jamming some DMX because I was trying to figure out my life. And though it seems shallow and petty to you all at the time, I was broken. And so your brokenness matters for your sake. And it doesn't matter if it's not as severe as the next person's brokenness. But I'm sharing all that to tell you that he didn't realize he was changing lives for the good as well in some situations. And that even though he felt broken in the moment, he could have done so much better because he was doing more than he realized. And now we lost him. And he's just one of millions. This happens all the time. Brokenness is crippling the culture because we don't have a foundation so when we get feeling broken and feeling out of alignment, we got to go back to the Word and say, what does God say about me? That I am fearfully and wonderfully made and that God knows the hairs on my head and that he created me from the beginning before I was even conceived in my womb. And if I was at the end of my rope and I felt so broken, if I knew that passage, I would say, I can do this. This is for God. If anything, it's for my children. If it's for anybody else, I'll do whatever it takes because that's what the word will do. It will real, realign you in a series of brokenness so that your emotions don't make the decision for you. Y'all getting this? It's okay to praise God in his house. That's why we come here. You know, we come here to decompress from the rest of the week. That's why when the pastor gets up and he's got so much energy and you wonder, where does it come from? Especially when he didn't have any coffee today. You think I'm bad with, well, without coffee? Y'all to see it when I've got too much of that Yeti thing. It's because it's a decompress from, the, from life. And we all need that. That's why we worship. Because we bring it in on Sunday to let it out and give God praise and thanks and admiration. So we need that. But we can easily stray and say, am I being punished? Because this trial can feel more like a sentence. It's just a trial, but I feel like I've been sentenced because of my mind and my spiritual journey.
more I cry out to God, the more problems I face. I don't know any Bible stories where when the people turned to the Lord, their life was just the best ever. Do you? That says something. Because change takes change, and it's uncomfortable. It takes change to get the baby out of the body. It's uncomfortable. It takes change to exercise and see your body transform because it's uncomfortable. Any type of progress takes transformation. Transformation isn't fun, but it has purpose in it and fulfillment. I try to tell Michelle, even sweet potatoes, they're actually good, Michelle. She won't eat sweet potatoes. I said, they're actually good, and they're healthier, and they have lower net carbs than white starch. So she doesn't care about that because she's already skinny. <laughs> I got to watch it, so I eat the sweet potato. Something foundationally, it feeds my soul. There's something in the ability to overcome. That's why they tell you when you're working on a goal, set small goals. Because there's something in the to-do list. Anybody like lists? I love spreadsheets. Ooh, I'm a spreadsheet junkie. I just upgraded the Office 2019. And on the CSV files, they don't no longer throw that warning that drives you nuts. You got to click save like 14 times. They, got, they finally fixed that. Did anybody else praise the Lord for that this week? Can I nerd out for a moment? I like lists because even though I don't always need a list, and maybe sometimes I should get rid of the list, when I'm checking things off, I know things are happening. If something happens up here, it's that thing of overcoming. When you overcome something, that's why Peloton has the 30-second workout. They, they have a 10-second workout. Their workouts are getting shorter and shorter because if you can just say, I got a workout in today, I did something, they just keep making it so easy, Allison, that eventually you just say, worked out, you didn't have to do anything, and you say, yes, you did, go, here's your free shirt. Michelle's going to smack me later for that one. But there's something God does through progress and overcoming and if you don't ever have a wall to hurdle, you're never going to see growth. You're going to stay the same. And maybe God doesn't want you to stay the same forever. It's time for a new recipe, perhaps. You're not being punished. It's really the enemy just doesn't like progress. And real hope lives in the unknown. And I'm not going to let brokenness steal a promise that God made. God can't break his promise. So I'm not going to let brokenness make me feel like he did. Because this is the proving grounds. This is where you want to be. When you get to that place, this is where you want to get, church, in your Christian walk. Can I just preach for a minute? You want to get to this place where there's slightly some discomfort, some new things that maybe you haven't gone through before. That's your grounds for growth. That's your grounds for growth. You need to get in some waters that are kind of a little chilly. I don't know if I'd swim in this today because it doesn't have the heater in it. But, but I'm going to get in this water and see what my body does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to acclimate to this situation, because if I believe that God's going to get me through it on the other side, then what can he do through the process? Oh, my Lord, he could show me things I've never seen before. Through people, too. God uses each other to learn from each other. It's a grounds for growth in this season, your feeling of brokenness. Let me tell you, did anybody learn anything last year? Come on, somebody. It's a silly question, right? Does anybody not feel like they grew from last year? Does anybody wish last year would be next year? No, they don't. 
but it was a grounds for growth. And so now that it's happened, would I take it back in this church's history of journey? No, I wouldn't, but man, I hated it. I'm an impatient pastor, and I was really impatient when I said two weeks, and it ended up being six months, and then a couple weeks, and then more months, and then and I finally had to say, I got to chill, or I'm going to expire myself. I got to let God do this, Jen. This is God's thing. And so nobody, nobody wished corona to come or COVID to come, but the year did a transformation to the culture that, that we needed. Now we got to revive what, the, what, the, what the, the, the slack was from it. That's we've trained ourselves to stay home. We've trained ourselves to be numb. We're, we're happy about the vaccines and stuff. We're happy that, like, everything's getting back to normal, but the healthy side of things. But now we got to remember God in the end and remember what he did and that we didn't want it, but he got us through it. He got us through it. And that's been going on since the beginning of time. That's just the one we remember right this second. That's nothing new. The whole pandemic thing is nothing new. It's been going on forever. But we got through it. And you'll get through it. And you can get through what's ahead that you don't know about. Because that's your grounds for growth. We have to look in the mirror and say, I don't have it all figured out, God. Show me, because if I go in too confident with the will of God, I become vulnerable to an attack. That's when the devil will get you, because you're no longer reverent to the wisdom of God in, in the walk, and you're overly confident now, and that can cause you to stumble down a path that you thought was the Lord's. The devil says, thank you, right this way. It's got to be God's will. Everything we do in this church, we pray, your will, God. Well, God, this is me. God, I don't understand why this is not working because I'm doing X, Y, Z. And I said, but uh, if it's your will, God, I can't argue with that. I'm doing all I can. And I can't argue with that. And so if it's God's will, that's what I want. And that's what I ask God to do. And so as God shows his will, we have to be content in that and rejoice in that and be happy in that because that's all we could ever ask for him to give us because he knows what's best. The grounds for growth are God's connection to the unknown for the next steps of my life. It keeps me grounded in him. And real hope lives in the unknown. And I'm not, everybody say not, letting brokenness steal God's promise. Did anybody ever try to karate chop something when they were a kid? Come on, who wanted to be Daniel LaRusso, who was probably the, the worst karate guy ever? He wasn't as bad as the dude from Kung Fu, who was like so, David Carradine, who's so slow that my grandpa said he could beat him up in his 90s. That's how slow David Carradine was. My grandpa, who's 96 now, said, I could take him. I'm like, I think you could too. Because that guy's slow. Anyway, so we wanted to be like, you know, we'd be out in the playground. We'd try to break stuff. I don't know if, like, does anybody, anybody else got issues like this? we find some wood and see if we could karate chop it. Did you know OSB is glued? When I was about nine, I had this, my, my uncle had just moved into a neighborhood, and for some reason, he let me just roam in the, you know, the, the, the part where the digger had dug all up and there was no houses, and it was just like rough dirt, nails, two-by-fours, wood. My mom wasn't there. I think they were babysitting me, and I was just out in this field alone. Sorry about that. You can holler at him later. He's in Arizona now. He probably doesn't remember, but I found a piece of OSB. I thought it was just wood, so I'm setting up this thing. Breathing. Little chubby eight-year-old. Breathing. 
Felt this pain shoot up my arm into my brain. As the board reverberated back, I was going to break through it. And he said, no, you're not. And then my, my uncle, he says, you're not going to break that. That's glued together. I said, oh, I didn't know that. It looked like wood. So, so there's been times, what I'm trying to tell you is there's been times that I wanted to break through it. And if God's not in it, Israel couldn't break through it. And if God's not in it, that board's not going to snap. But when you get God in it, it's going to break. And you're going to break through it. And it don't matter if it's glued together. It's, you're going to break through something when God is the ground you're standing on, the foundation. I can break through stuff. They say it's statistically not the way it should be, that the flow is wrong, that the steps are wrong, and that you should do and blah, 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 blah. What you say? I don't care because I got the Lord at some point. At some point. I just got to defer to God because my brain might explode if I try to process any more data with what the world says I should do. I'm not saying be foolish, but at some point we got to recognize that if we want breakthrough, we got to do it God's way. We got to go all in. We got to live for God, not show up for God on Sundays. We got to live for God every day of the week. God shows in everything you do. And sometimes the garden gets a little, you know, cluttered. I've got to go back and till that thing. Sometimes I'll say something like this morning. I, I said something to my wife, and when it came out, I knew it was not the way it should have come out because my, 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 my rushing mentality was in full effect. And, and I said, that's, that's, that's a weed in my garden. I'm sorry, babe. And I told her I was sorry because I didn't mean it bad, but it came out wrong because it's too much of other stuff starting to get back in. And that's what weeds do to your, your spiritual garden. They start choking what's, what's good. And if you don't keep a balance to keep tilling that thing, eventually you got a lot of weeds, and you're the neighbor everybody's complaining about. Anybody ever have that person? Is anybody that person? <laughs> Let's give some praise that nobody in here has an issue cutting their grass. That's great. It's the grounds for growth. But what God showed me when I didn't break that board, he says it's because you're not really in control. When I say it's time to break through it, it'll break through. But I can petition the Lord for it to happen faster. I can wrestle like Jacob and say, I want this breakthrough, God. I'm not leaving until you show me. But God says we're not really in control. And until we completely submerge ourselves to his will, you'll never break through like you're asking me to do for you. You got to give it all to me so I can break through and show you all that I have for you. That's how it happens. Sometimes it, it's really sad because, like I think of DMX, sometimes we have to get to that point for God to extend his hand. And it's not because God's not doing this. It's because we finally go and reach. When we finally extend at the end of our rope, God says, I've been here waiting the whole time. You step by step. I've been, been here the whole time. And that's some, sometimes we have to get to that place for God to wake up our senses and get the emotions out of the scenario. Extension happens through reaching. And in this moment, and I can tell you right now, this happened to my son last night. In this moment, this is where hope manifests. Hope lives in this moment. It lives 
here in this crossroads moment, this, this trial or sentence that you think you're on or that we think we're on, it lives in this moment, in this, in, this, in this adversity that Derek faced. It lived in that season. I bet you Derek can praise right now that he's a better man because of what he's been through. Is that right, Derek? Yes, sir. I know it. I'm just preaching to him because I see him, and he's my, he's my friend. But I can see in this moment that breakthrough happens through adversity, and that hope lives in that transition. And I may feel broken inside, but my hope lives in Jesus, and it has to, and that's the only option, so I'm going to make the best of it. In Romans 15, verses 12 through 13, he says, again, Isaiah says, he pulls the prophet here, there shall be a root of Jesse. That's Jesus is what he's saying. Those who should, he who should come from Jesse, that's Jesus Christ, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and in him the Gentiles shall hope. They were starving for a Messiah, so when he came, they were just like, I can't get enough. I can't get enough. Now may the God of hope, verse 13, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. I want to live there. I don't want to visit hope. I want to live in a place of hope. By the power of this is why translations matter. It says that you may abound in hope by the power of what? Of the Holy Spirit. That means without the Spirit of God, you cannot abound in the joy that God has for your life. It must abound. You want to abound there, dwell there. This is my dwelling place. Leave your nets. Come that you may dwell where I live. Jesus is talking about this place. He's not talking about the Motel 6 until the tomb comes. He's talking about this place in the kingdom that he's got reserved for you that you don't even have to pay for night after night like VRBO. You can stay there forever, but you got to get there, and this is how you get there, by the power of God. Come on, somebody. You awake? Let's just praise him for a moment. Come on, somebody. Hope lives here. Hope lives where? Here, in this moment, that, that, that window, that transition, that, 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 that end of my rope moment. That's where hope lives. God needs you to hit it sometimes so he can see you, so you can see him. I didn't see God when I was comfortable. I didn't see God when I had it all figured out. I finally saw God at 25 when I was miserable and said, I don't know what's next. I am out of options. And that brought me to my knees. And that's where we have to get is to a place where we're not worried about what the room thinks because I'm in my closet anyway, that I get to my knees for a reason because I'm out of options. I'm at the end of my rope, and that's when I'm really reaching. I didn't know I wasn't reaching before. I was just thinking about reaching. But God says, you got to reach for real, and I will extend back to you and pull you out of that mess. I love it. I love it. We're flowing. I love it. If y'all could stand this morning, I want to give you a little bit more, but I thought this would be good to get some blood flowing through your legs. Everybody, let's do some squats. Just kidding. I'm tired of traveling the global spiritual map trying to find my way out of brokenness. God says, I've got a home for you. I've been looking all over. I've checked every country in the spiritual journey, and I can't find it on my own. And God says it was right here all along. It's domestic. It's right in your backyard. 
It's right in your garden, man. Hope lives here. It's everywhere. I'm everywhere, says the Lord. I will not leave you perilous. I will come to you. You don't need my flesh. You need my spirit because that's who's talking to you right now. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And God has no other face but what you've seen right now, says the Christ. We need that same spirit. That's where hope lives. My pain is real. Pain is real. Pain is real, but God is bigger. God is bigger than your pain. So even when it hurts, God is bigger than your pain. Real hope lives in the unknown. And brokenness can't steal God's promises. So I'm not going to let it steal no more. I'm ready to get out on the water. Anybody heard that song, Walk on Water? I'm going to walk on water today. Oh, my Lord, I'm going to sink. But God says, don't worry about sinking. Just get out of the boat. He says, I'm going to calm the waves if you step out on the water. You step, I step. Come on, somebody. If you're tired of being the same, just give me a hand. If you're tired of being the same, just give me a hand. Come on, somebody. God sees your heart. And even if you won't raise your hand to me, God says, I see you raising that hand, and I'm going to change you if you give it to me fully. The years are going by too quick. Too many decades are passing. And God says, today is the day. I'm tired of playing this game with the Lord. I'm going to do it for my kids. I'm going to do it for my family. I'm going to do it for my neighbors who doesn't know Jesus. I'm going to do something different today for Jesus because he is good and he is worthy. And when I hurt, that's progress. I'm going to get there. Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, now, everybody say now. Now is the time because tomorrow is no guarantee. And now is the time. My baby boy just got your spirit. So we're going to baptize him in the name of the Lord because now is the time. We're not waiting to plan it later. We're going to get it done for the kingdom. Today, we are breaking through. We're going to keep plowing in this gymnasium until those people come pouring in. And if we got to go out on the street and say, you're coming to church today because today is the day. And we will not stop until God takes our breath, Lord. We give it all to you, all the praise, all the glory. And we go out today in your name, in Jesus' name, amen.